Your boredom is over because we're getting started here on most shows recap here. And it is superhero week. Gentlemen, how's it going? I'm here with I'm Rob Sister. Here's Josh Wiggler, Antonio Mazzaro, and our special guest this week, Kevin Machado. Kevin, how are you? Kevin. Uh, yeah, hey, how's it going? Kevin Joe Chacha. <laughs> Joe Chacha, yeah. yeah. All right, how are you guys doing? We're going to talk about superhero TV, Arrow, The Flash, Gotham, Supergirl. The superheroes are not just at the movie theater now. They are here every week on your TV, your Hulu, your uh, your computer. They're everywhere. They're many everywhere. channels, really, not just not just the one. There's like so many. There are so many networks now. There's too many of them. There's too many of them that we can't even do a proper post show recaps on any one of them without jilting the others. That's why we haven't done it. We've done it. We've done the occasional Arrow and Flash special here on post show recaps. Kevin and I, we recapped every episode of Daredevil, but there's yeah. still so many more. Uh, we've, Kevin and I have been talking. Kevin and I have been friends for a very long time. Those of you who don't know Kevin, you guys should go back and troll through the archives on those Daredevil podcasts. Kevin knows his stuff better than just about anybody I know. Uh, and we've always been talking about wanting to do more superhero podcasts, but we just, you really just can't do them all. So we're going to try and do them all Maybe. today. We're yeah. going to give it a shot. Just lump it all into one giant discussion, which will be fun because there's so many topics to touch on. Yes. Okay, Perhaps so- like a Justice League, maybe, or a Hall of Heroes. I don't know. Something. Oh, Hall of Superhero Shows. I like that. Yes. Unbelievable. All right. So we're going to be completely interactive today. We want to hear from you guys as well. We're recording this on blab.im. So if you're joining us here live, we're going to take your questions from the chat room. Also, you could be uh, posting your questions. Use a slash Q to uh, highlight something as a question. And we want to uh, talk with you guys as much as we can here as we cover all of the superheroes here on most shows. Recap our weekly scripted TV and movie podcast where we pick one topic a week and basically just cover cover the hell out of it. Yeah. That's that's the plan. Except we have like thirteen topics this week. <laughs> well, it's a, a general topic. Yes. And then we'll drill down into subheadings here. Yeah. Yes. Pretty much. So where do you want to start off here in talking about our superhero TV week? Yeah, I think um I mean the the show that I'm that I'm the most into, or I guess it's the twofer, is Arrow and the Flash. I think that DC Comics gets a pretty bad rep and not undeservedly so when it comes to their movies. You know, they've got Batman, Batman's great, the Dark Knight trilogy was fantastic but it's over they're making their move on batman versus superman but when you hold that up against the marvel cinematic universe the stuff that marvel studios has been doing they're in the double digits in terms of their movies that are all in universe they're the king of the ring when it comes to the films but i really do think that dc is where it's at when it comes to tv and it really starts with arrow and the flash which uh have been on the air arrow has been on uh for this fourth is year fourth, it's, yeah it's fourth year season four right now the flash is in its second season and those shows are terrific and I feel like Kevin should tell people why they should be watching those shows if they're not watching those shows. Um, I mean, like, like you said, there's been complaints about like the DC superhero movie stuff. And a lot of the complaints seem to be like, it's really grim and it's really dark. Um, and part of love of the Marvel movies is that it's fun and it's exciting. And that's what the DC shows are. They are, they are that fun and exciting look at the superhero world that Marvel's known for, except with these DC characters. Like the flash is one of the funnest shows I've, I've seen on TV, like superhero or otherwise. And they really, embrace a lot of the somewhat goofy stuff but do it in a really great way i mean there's a gorilla guys there's a there's a talking mentally telepathic gorilla that the flash fights and that's awesome to me and if you can do rocket raccoon i feel like gorilla grod totally fine like people people would get behind that which they have it seems like 
Yeah, it's a it's an ape that can talk to you with his thoughts. This yep. is something on television right now. Yes, it is. Uh, DC has had a lot of. Uh, is that on cable news? <laughs> it's not. <laughs> okay, just checking. So, is this an ongoing character on Flash then? Gorilla. Uh, Gorilla. Yeah. He's a he's a a villain, and they did confirm, I think, yesterday that he is coming back in season two. So he was a villain that they kind of teased out slowly in season one, and then had a big episode dedicated to him. And they confirmed he is going to have another episode in season two. So um, that's pretty exciting. So he is definitely like a major Flash villain in the comics. So yeah. I, I guess I had an overarching question about these villains and, and about characters in general. And this kind of ties into what other shows are doing, which is I think you have to try to find lines sometimes between like the story of the week, sort of one off kind of case of the week or whatever. And then an overarching like big bad or villain. I think obviously Netflix with Daredevil doing 13 episodes, they could have a really deep dive on a villain. And it was fantastic. I thought, especially probably some of the best superhero villain stuff, especially on TV that I've seen. When you look at arrow and flash, it seems like maybe they're doing a little more story of the week. Do those shows kind of have overarching season long kind of things or what do you guys prefer? Generally speaking, and I'm, this is for anybody really. Um, they do actually have a overarching build on flash and arrow. I actually can compare it more, more, maybe to Buffy where there is like, the big bad. Um, and then there's villains that they fight weekly that sometimes tie into that big bad. Sometimes they're off on their own, but there is, I would say thus far every season on arrow and thus far on flash, there is a big bad villain. Yeah. I think that, um, the thing, you know, when arrow started, especially arrow was really, I felt like, uh, it was like killer of the week. It was that kind of thing. It was that sort of formula of every single week you're tuning in, there's going to be a new character from DC Comics, and they really tried to nullinize that show when it started. I think everything could be somewhat explained in grounded reality. The further into Arrow we've gotten, the way off the rails it's gone <laughs> in that department. Like, this is the season of magic we're up to, and that's only yeah. four seasons deep. Uh, season two, we were already starting to get into the superpowered stuff because that's when, when The Flash is born. Um, so I, I think that they, they started off with that formula that tends to be the formula that works, uh, for, for these, these initial seasons, but the further into it, it's gotten the more steeped in continuity. It's been every season does have one character that seems to be building up towards some sort of confrontation. Season one certainly has that season two has that season three had, uh, Rachel Ghoul from, from the Batman movies that, you know, um, so they, they do that. And I, I prefer that. I like those long season story arcs but when you have a, a any show that's going to be like 22 23 episodes you're going to have to have those episodes of the week and as long as they do a good job on them i don't mind them so much well that, i think that's what's really it's really interesting about these shows uh specifically uh flash and arrow where they're doing so many episodes a season because i feel like for years we've seen on television that it's like okay we need to go down to sort of like the hbo model the cable model of 10 episodes 13 episodes a season that's how we make it really good is there any sort of way that the shows suffer, you feel like, from those longer seasons? Or are they just really excelling with that format because they can tell more story in those 22, 24-episode seasons? I think, I think uh, with certain shows, it's not so great. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, I think it depends on, on the characters and the quality of the characters. And I think shows like Arrow and The Flash can really sustain it. Uh, maybe you can speak to Gotham, Kevin, because I couldn't hang with Gotham. And it was for that reason. It was for, like, obviously, this is just way too much show for this show to handle. I mean, there's, I feel like there's a lot of reasons that people people had backed out and probably you uh, backed out of Gotham. It's, uh, it got, yeah, I think Gotham definitely isn't like the Flash and Arrow in the sense that um, 
it's hard to do an overarching story with Gotham because the city is the story. Ooh. Um, like this, the show is mostly about the is about the city. So when the city is in essence the villain, uh, you don't have a big bad that's notable because it's also a prequel to Batman. So you can't be like this season, Mister Freeze. He's the big bad. So it's it, Gotham's a pretty complicated show for a lot of reasons. I think. Um, yeah. What's odd about that is I thought the, the probably the best breakout part of the first season of Gotham was the, the Penguin character. Uh, not only, I forget the, the actor's name is Robin Lord something, I forget Robin his name. Robin Lord but Taylor, yeah. yeah. Robin Lord Taylor. Not only was he really bringing an interesting performance to the table, but I thought that that was actually kind of some some really fascinating stuff with a character that we knew, obviously, from, from the comics and from film, but they were doing it and kind of approaching it in a way that wasn't like Muppet Babies Batman, like is what is a little <laughs> bit what's happening with like Catwoman and Bruce Wayne. Uh, but that, and so that's tough, and I know that the people... Who make Gotham, I believe that the order for the show got extended and they weren't super comfortable with that. Like it wasn't always their plan to do as many episodes in season season one as they did. Yeah, it was bad uh, news. So yeah. It was bad news because yeah, it's, it's like rare. Every, usually when you get your back nine or your back episode order, it's, it's like, great. Oh, great. You got, yeah, we're doing great. But for First Gotham, note. it's like, uh, we didn't really arc this out that way. We're going to have to do a lot of stuff we didn't want to get to in the first season. Like, I, So I think it's tough, especially with these shows, because there is that push to make as many episodes as you can for a network. Uh, and I think it's difficult. That said, I mean, I've been watching arrow and flash having not watched them before. And I think both shows uh, do a pretty good job of it with flash. There's an inciting incident that creates these weird people who have kind of interesting superpowers. I wouldn't meta humans. And yeah, yeah, not weird people. Come on. Humans, <laughs> weird people. Same thing. When, next time someone calls me weird, I'm going to tell them I'm a meta human. <laughs> What's that? And I'm like, I'm referencing a joke from another thing. That's why I'm a metahuman. But what, I, what I'm going to say is, I Awful. think that that's interesting the week to week because you have these people that you can really say, oh, I didn't realize that this incident could have created that. And it's a little like heroes in that respect that uh -oh. some of the people, the metahumans have very specific powers uh, that are kind of interesting to see play out. So even week to week, it's cool. To, oh, my gosh, this guy can control the weather. This guy can create this. Like just really weird narrow powers, and I think that works really well in Flash. Yeah, that's one of the things that I think. Um, you know, people always talk about uh, Batman's rogues, like the the bad guys in Batman are like some of the best in comics. That's accurate, but the Flash has some great ones. I think next to Batman, and I guess if you want to include Marvel Spider Man, uh, the Flash is is, uh, is right up there. I mean, Captain Cold and Heatwave, the the Flash rogues, they are known by that name um, as a group, as a super villain team, basically. And I think they are equitable to like the jokers and stuff like, well, maybe not the joker. I mean, he's above all, but like, I, I think the uniqueness of like what you said about their powers and how they work together, uh, makes them interesting and, and helps carry that show. I think. Yeah. Yeah. The flash has great villains and the two that you just mentioned specifically are the best. And it's because it's a prison break reunion secretly on the flash. And that's there's a prison break reunion throughout the entire, like Aaron yeah. flash. They've had almost every major actor of prison break show up to play a bad guy, which for me is delightful. Like I yeah, love there's, it. there's like secretly a prison break contingent that really loves these shows because it's an unofficial reunion before the actual prison break reunion happens. But yeah. Wentworth Miller, who is the main guy on prison break, he's the main, he's one of the main villains. On, on the black, yeah. More, he's more antagonistic than just straight up evil. He's really terrific. He had a he's great episode phenomenal. this past week as Captain Cold. They did a really great episode there. Uh, so yeah, I think that the bad guys are definitely a draw, and especially for me on on, on the Flash. And Antonio, you talked about that overarching thing. 
how deep in the in the Flash season one are you right now, Antonio? Probably only halfway. Yeah, halfway. But you can already see that they're developing this Harrison Wells. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that's going on. Mr. Ed. Uh, yeah. yeah. Tom Cavanaugh, man. He's so yeah. good. There's actually yeah. some really good stuff going on there. And so actually, I think I wouldn't say audacious, but it's they're 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 clearly biting off a lot, which is good because it isn't just a story of the week kind of thing. There is that continual tie going on where in the background, you know, you know that there's something else happening. So you're questioning that character's motives at every turn. Like, what right. is this going to lead to? You know, so every scene is tinged with that since they've kicked it ahead and the audience knows something that the Flash doesn't know. And so that's actually really a pretty interesting thing about the way Flash, the Flash season one is set up. Yeah. Um, I think another another reason why Flash and Arrow specifically are so great in a way that um, in a way that Smallville wasn't, for example, in that, you know, Smallville waits until the very, very last episode to actually let Clark Kent become Superman. And even then he's just wearing basically Kevin's T-shirt right now. I didn't even get to see it. We didn't you get know? to really see it. Yeah. You, barely, you barely get to see it. And right from the jump with the Flash and Arrow, they're letting these characters be who they are. It's like it's not it's not like the story of Oliver Queen becoming the Arrow. It's not the story of Barry Allen becoming the Flash over the course of an entire series. They just let you drop in to these characters in their full-fledged superheroic form. And that's something that like the Marvel superhero shows aren't even doing. Even their best one, which was Daredevil, took the entire season for Daredevil to become Daredevil. So I think that that's another thing that these shows have a, a big leg up on. Yeah, it's it's the it's the origin story effect. I feel like that, that people have gotten burnt out on them. I don't know. I mean, like for non comic book readers, I mean, like how do you feel about like every movie is almost like an origin movie now? Yeah, Rob, where are you on all this? Do you prefer the kind of deep backstory into how these people became superheroes? I know you were a fan of the TV show Heroes, but I haven't heard you talk about many of these other TV uh, heroes or movie heroes. You know, this is definitely uh, not my forte, but the idea of the uh, origin story, I, I feel like going back to talking about Better Call Saul, I feel like one of my frustrations with that show is that I feel like all of season one was so much of an origin story and I was ready to sort of like jump in to stuff. So I really uh, don't like to spend too much time on the like, especially when we know where it's going, whether it's some sort of like a biography or stuff like that. I feel like uh, I'm, I'm ready to sort of like tune in and start getting right into the business. Enough of this foreplay with these superheroes. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Well, and this is for Josh or Kevin. Uh, my understanding with the, some of the later seasons of Arrow, because Arrow does this interesting thing, Rob, specifically and others, where they're flashing back to this kind of time he spent on an island where he sort of learned a lot of what he brings to the table as Arrow and had some experiences which really shaped him. He was on this island for five years, uh, allegedly. Uh, and so I don't know. My, I, I've heard some criticism that they're still kind of doing these flashback stories into later parts of the series, and it's dragging down a little bit. It's fascinating at the beginning because you're like, well, what's going on? Where, you know, there, there's a very heavy mystery element. But is that something where the show is, is kind of handicapped, guys, by the later use of that or not? Um. In my opinion, I mean, Josh, you can you can say otherwise, but I, I think it did. Like the first two seasons, I don't think the flashbacks handicapped the show. And had, in fact, they kind of enhanced it. Yeah. But season three, oh boy, flashbacks were not good. Not good. Are these yeah. flashbacks or arrowbacks? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> these arrowbacks. Yeah, they're arrowbacks. I think we could say we could say that pretty safely. But yeah, no, the arrowbacks are bogus. The arrowbacks are no bueno. Uh, they were they were pretty fun for the first two seasons, and then season three takes things off island, and you would think that that would keep things fresh. But it really, it doesn't. It really doesn't. And they're still doing it in season four. And I think that they've gotten themselves into sort of that same 
place that Lost was in, you know, that same corner that Lost backed itself into where, well, we have this flashback format. We kind of have to just keep doing it. Uh, whereas Lost was able to innovate that, you know, just in terms of the format of the show. There's really no obvious innovation for it on Arrow other than this feeling of, I guess we just ride it out. We promised that he was away for five years. We should probably show that for at least five seasons. And if the show's lucky enough to get season six, then I think the flashbacks are dead. Well, I mean, they did a flash forward in the first episode of the season premiere this season, which was interesting. A small one, a small one, not a, not a big one. but um, A minor flash forward. So maybe, maybe yeah. that's something in the future. Who knows? But that that format does not play well in the long term, I don't think. I it's think it's a shame. Because I'm totally in, in agreement with Kevin in saying I think it really did enhance some of the early episodes that I watched where you would see Oliver Queen, the character, or Arrow, the character, going through some sort of scenario or situation and then it would flash back to something he encountered on the island that was very similar, whether it was a similar moral dilemma uh, or a very similar you know, set of circumstances he found himself in. And I think that that was done really well. I was actually surprised by the quality of the writing in a lot of those instances. So um, I, I think that it, it's an interesting kind of conceit, but it seems like with a lot of shows, if you rely on that conceit or you take it too far, like you were saying, Josh, with Lost, I think it can kind of handicap your show. So that is not something that Daredevil suffered from, obviously, because it was so far it's only one season and it's 13 episodes. Avery G87 uh, in our chat here said Flash and Arrow are both solid, but Daredevil is far and away a superior show in pretty much every aspect. Where, where are you guys on that? I mean, is that true? Far and away a superior show in pretty it's much a, every aspect? Oh, gosh, it's, it's a hard question. It, I don't know. It's, it's a different show it, to me. Um, it's like when you compare, like what makes, I think, Daredevil good is the same reason I made The Dark Knight really good, where it's the, the Dark Knight is not just a good superhero movie, it's a good movie, straight up, period. It's just a good movie. I think Daredevil is a good show, like, just full out. Like, it's a great show, it's a great superhero show. I think Flash and Arrow are different because they are great superhero shows. Like, as far as a superhero show goes, I think The Flash especially is better. Um, it's a better superhero show. But the, Dare, the Daredevil is a better show, I guess, yeah. is the best way I can say it. Josh can speak to that as well, and yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I would also say Daredevil's costume sucks. <laughs> oh God, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the costume in, on 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 Flash and Arrow are much better. Yeah, although this is interesting. And how about a, how about an arrow back to uh, to post show recaps about a year ago, Rob, when you were doing a fall TV preview yeah. with Terry Taronis? I remember this vividly that yes. he was recommending the Flash to you as a show to be on on the radar for. Uh, and you couldn't get past the the costume of it all. Yeah, I don't love the costume for the Flash. I don't know. I I feel like uh, it's just like uh, it's sort of like this, uh, you know, burgundy latex suit. I feel like uh, I'm not burgundy suit. Yeah, I'm super. I'm not super into it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about the suit, but uh, it, you know, the effects overall, I have to say, I think are pretty phenomenal. Like as somebody who is not really a uh, viewer of the show and to come in and to watch a few episodes. I was kind of blown away at what they're doing with the budget. I mean, I have no idea what they're spending on this episode, but I thought that for, uh, overall, I mean, I think the uh, effects were really well done, especially on a show on CW that they're doing 22, 23 episodes a season. I thought that the effects would be kind of cheesy, but I think that they were pretty impressive based on what my expectations were. Yeah, and I think that you can you can chart that all the way to when Gorilla Grodd finally does appear. Like that was the big concern: is how are you going to make a, a gorilla with like telekinetic powers convincing on the CW? How is that going to work? Because this is a really iconic character from the comics. You can't have a Flash TV show and not have Gorilla Grodd show up at some point. 
And they pulled it off. I mean, it wasn't Dawn of the Planet of the Apes or anything like that. It wasn't Andy Serkis in a mocap suit looking <laughs> freaking awesome. But it wasn't bad. Uh, so, yeah, I think that the effects on, on The Flash especially are, are really good because they do have to do the metahumanry of it all uh, rather often. I think that they'll also get better this season, honestly, because like season one was there. I mean, they, they were pretty all in because Arrow did so well. But that show was a big success. And I feel like once you have a show like that, that's a success. The budget will go up. So season two, I, I feel like the effects can only get better from here. Kevin, I'm interested to know that I know that Flash uh, came second after Arrow and is probably considered at least at the start to be the little brother. But has it surpassed Arrow in popularity or is it like uh, Star Trek The Next Generation was always much more popular than Deep Space Nine and Deep Space Nine never surpassed Star Trek The Next Generation in terms of popularity or critical acclaim? But in your Uh heart. No, and I, Deep Space Nine never. I, I, maybe there's somebody out there that says that was better than Star Trek: Next Generation, but I don't know about that. Next Gen, Next Gen's the best. I'm sorry, it's just it's, that's the Next Gen's the best Star Trek. But um, I I don't know the exact numbers, but I feel like the Flash opened better than Arrow. It definitely opened better than Arrow, and I think that may have sustained for a while. I know Arrow season three had some suffering because it. Uh, people critical of the storylines so critically it went down a bit um while the flashes were made very very solid like critically people people love it because it's so fun and it's just a very different feeling than flash to i mean arrow arrow still has kind of like that grimness to it that people are still kind of like oh he's so mopey a lot which is accurate but flash is always fun he's always just it's it's fun to have a fun superhero and i think that appeals to those same marvel audiences and uh i think for that reason flash is doing a little bit better yeah, I think that, um, and Antonio, you and I have talked about this a little bit uh, when, when you were you know, kind of picking my brain about Arrow and The Flash, and I told you that I like The Flash more than I like Arrow, and you were kind of surprised by that, right? I was surprised by that, actually, and it was unusual because I, I guess that was after watching the first few episodes of Flash and watching the first few episodes of Arrow. I thought Arrow had a better aesthetic, and I thought Arrow was probably a little more on point with what I expected, um, but you're right. The Flash, what you said, I think, was that The Flash really tries to do some big things uh, right away from the jump in terms of establishing its world and setting up the story. And I think that ties back into what we were talking about earlier with this story of the week, villain of the week versus the overarching story thing and how that plays into Flash. And I have seen that playing out uh, where it is a show that I, that I think is a much more interesting show from a narrative standpoint, uh, at least when you compare first season to first season. My understanding is that the Flash character sort of has his origin, as you were saying, in the second season of Arrow. Uh, and that doesn't really, it doesn't sound like it takes away from that second season of Arrow. So I think that that sounds like they, they get plenty of work done there as well. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm actually curious, we talked a little bit about, you know, earlier in this podcast or this, this blab about DC and DC Comics being on TV and being better. Um, question, I guess, is what about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? We have podcasted about here on Post Show Recaps before. Um, where are we with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Quality-wise, story-wise, how does it fit into the MCU? Like, where is that show right now? Because it seems like that's sort of fallen off a little bit in terms of the hype. Yeah, I think what's great about this is, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is is divisive. You know, it's, it's a show that started without really having a clear sense of itself. There were some questions up in the air for why is this the show that Marvel is deciding to go with for ABC, especially the year that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. debuts. We already know, now we know anyway, but you have to assume that the people making the show, they knew that S.H.I.E.L.D. would be discontinued from the Marvel Universe in the next Captain America movie that was timed at the end of the first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's just a very curious choice that this was the show that they went with. 
Um, the further along Shield got, the more and more I feel like it found itself, especially in the back half of season one and really in the front half of season two. I'm behind on the show. Um, I, I understand that with the second half of season two, it really starts embracing the super heroics a little bit more. And I hear that that's wobbly. I hear that they're not fantastic with that stuff. But when they really leaned into sort of the covert ops a little bit and really embracing the characters and letting the characters be themselves a little bit more, I think that the show was working. I really love that second half of season one, really enjoyed that first half of season two. And I can't attest to the second half of season two, but I've heard mixed things on that. And Kevin, I don't think you even watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I didn't because I mean, it's like what you said, right? Like the reviews are so mixed and it was one of the things where I was like, I'll wait it out, see what people say. And then at a certain point, you're just like, I've heard no improvement. And it's like 15 episodes in. Um, interestingly, I feel like the comparison between the two, like it's hard to compare them, but people talk about like, oh, uh, they should have united DC's movie universe and its TV universe the same way Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did with their Marvel universe. And I honestly think that they, no, don't do that. I think the Flash and Arrow, um, it helps that they're not tied to those movies. Whereas S.H.I.E.L.D., I feel, because it's tied, like you said, it, it was a payoff at the end of the season. That's 23 episodes you have to get through to get to that payoff. And that is hard to do. 23 hours is almost an entire day of someone's life. So, I mean, when you're Jack Bauer, yeah, 24, you're in. You're, that's every hour is important. Yeah. But like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it, it, it's, it's hard to justify spending 20, you know, 20 hours to get to the end game. But I think that that, yeah, they'll go for it, Rob. Isn't that really troubling? I mean, if Agents of the S.H.I.E.L.D. isn't, you know, if they can't even get Kevin, Josh is behind on it. I mean, if, if they don't have you guys, I mean, who do they have? Yeah, it's trouble. No, people do watch it. But I, I think that Kevin, Kevin touched on something that I do think speaks to the big difference in quality between Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Flash and Arrow, which is that the Marvel shows, for better and for worse, are everything is connected. You know, Captain America as played by Chris Evans, exists in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. universe, but will never appear on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because he's Chris Evans, and he's not going to show up on an ABC show, especially one that isn't super critically acclaimed. Um, it's just not going to happen. I mean, we've had Samuel L. Jackson show up on there from time to time, very rarely. I don't know if he showed up at all in season two, but he was in season one a little bit. And I think that Flash and the Arrow, they're really, they're really able to be their own entities. They're able to completely play within their own universes. They get to build their own universe from the ground up, their own take on the DC universe, rather than having to worry about what Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck are up to when they're punching each other in the face in the movies. I think that I think that, that makes a huge, huge world of difference in terms of Arrow and Flash. They can really just lean in on their own strengths and they don't have to worry about any outside forces. And Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. really, really, really does. And I think that that's a big reason why it just hasn't, hasn't fully landed. They also have the, like, uh, we might use them aspect. Like, for example, uh, Flash and Arrow, you can bring in almost any character to use. Like, sure, you can't use Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. Fine. But Hawkman and Hawkgirl are showing up. Rip Hunter. Like, there's all these characters from the comics that are really cool and really awesome, and they can use them on the TV show. But then when you compare it to Angel's Shield, it's like, oh, well, we might use this villain in a future movie, so he can't show up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So I feel like that's a big difference that allows Flash and Arrow to have some real fun with the DC universe as a whole, whereas Agent Shield is kind of hamstrung. Yeah, yeah, I I sign off on that. What about Agent Carter? Agent Carter's awesome. Agent Carter's really good. That's uh, the one that I need to go. Like everyone, that's my own like laziness. No I have no excuse. excuse. I need to be watching Agent Carter. I love Haley Atwell. I loved her in Captain America and her small sad part in Captain America too. Even in Age of Ultron, um, she's great. She was in Black Mirror. 
Um, so I really want to watch uh, Agent Carter. I just need to sit my butt down and do it. And uh, I have only myself to, to, to blame. I have no excuse for that. Agent Carter is really great. Agent Carter, it's a light commitment. I think it's only eight episodes. I might be off by an episode or two, uh, but it's it's short. It's real. It's a really quick run. It was just one season. They have a second season on the way. Uh, takes place in the 1940s. Follows Peggy Carter, Captain America's girlfriend. Follows her life after Captain America is missing in action, presumed killed, presumed dead. Uh, and it's about her her life after that and what she does in terms of you know espionage and running around and it's before shield really exists as we know it. Um, so it's, it's less connected to the main Marvel universe because all of the movies are taking place in the present ish day, agent Carter taking place in the forties. So it can really kind of feel itself out and build its own universe back then. And that feels additive. You know, that feels like it's enhancing the Marvel cinematic universe. You're getting to focus on an era that the movies are not touching. Whereas agents of shield is taking place in the same general area that the marvel movies are taking place and so it just feels kind of like a little redundant um so i think agent carter is great Haley atwell is phenomenal the that's the tone the setting is really really unique and terrific and the dialogue is great it was very fun quick for a season and really bingeable i think i watched it on a plane ride uh and it was and it was all done when i when i touched down really good stuff highly recommended and no no no, no uniforms no costumes rob so you'll be good it's also kind of important to point out that it's the only female superhero show right now, guys. Like, so I mean, it's about to change. It's about to change. But like that, like that in and of itself is a successful, like every, I feel like uh, my, my friend Kyle Fegley actually pointed this out when we were talking once that Agent Carter, the show is almost about like her uh, breaking the glass ceiling as like, you know, a female spy in the forties and the fifties, like as a female working towards that. But the show itself proved people wrong and broke the glass by being like, no, you can have a female centric superhero show and be successful. So it was almost like a meta um, theme to that, uh, which is kind of cool and really important, I think as well. Yeah. And I mean, now, now we are getting into this place where the Jessica Jones trailer dropped today. That's a Marvel Netflix show. That's going to be premiering in November. Supergirl is premiering on Monday as we are recording this. We're just a couple days away from that premiere. So that's all coming. Yeah. Yeah. How, out of, I'm curious as, as a like non-comic book fans and not people into this what is your take on the Supergirl I guess trailer and 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 that show like what are your thoughts on it so far I'll Go give ahead, it to Rob and Antonio when are you guys gonna take well, it I remember the terrible like 80s movie of Supergirl what 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 year is that <laughs> Antonio have you seen that oh, I think it's like 86 maybe yeah. oh, that, boy, right? that was like a really a really terrible movie 84 84. 84 84 and so i remember like that was on hbo all the time and uh, i was like uh you know even as a kid like was really into superman i'm like this isn't really good and then yeah. supergirl i really feel like uh i have my doubts going in and like i feel like it'd be very interesting to watch when is the the premiere is this upcoming is it monday monday, monday, monday night. night so I am very uh, skeptical, but I would be uh, very interested to watch it. Yeah. Antonio, are you going to be tuning into Supergirl? Well, this is the thing. I, I'm, I mean, I read comics a lot, but I don't read. I'm not a big superhero fan. I like to have it a little more grounded in realism stuff uh, that could happen. Or um, I'm not saying that superhero stuff can't happen. I'm just saying it doesn't, it doesn't really resonate with me as much as other things. So the Supergirl thing will be very interesting to me because I, I mean, I, I mean, this is not a criticism. There's a choice why it's Supergirl and not Superwoman, obviously. And I think when you ground any kind of show, whether it's male or female oriented, uh, in a younger character, 
I think you're already kind of running up against it, Josh. One of the reasons why I was surprised you liked The Flash better is it was kind of CWE, I should say. Like, yeah. there was a lot of like, oh, I, you know, longing glances and high school type kind of stuff. But you stuff know I and, love longing glances. A lot of very attractive 20-year-olds on, yeah. that, on that Flash. Yeah, there weren't enough hugs, though, Josh. So Not I don't hugs. know. But No ugly people on The Flash. No. I'm worried that I, I guess I'm wondering uh, who the audience for the Supergirl show is, whether it's fans of Supergirl, whether it's fans of comics in general, whether it's teenage girls, whether they're trying to make a show for an audience that could include everyone. And I'm, I'm going to watch it. I'll give it a shot. But I think that's the, the biggest concern for me. And it's not a criticism of the show. I'm glad the show exists. I hope it's a, a high quality show so that whoever the show's aimed at will love the show and find it, you know, find the value in it that we find in the shows that we like, but it may not be a show for me. It, Jessica Jones, on the other hand, I think is being targeted a little differently. I watched the trailer for that that came out today. Uh, that was a very kind of gritty noir kind of thing. It seemed like it fit right in the street level universe that they created with Daredevil already on Marvel's Netflix shows. So I think that that, that is at least a, a lot more interesting show to me because I feel like the audience for that show uh, is maybe a different target uh, than the audience or Supergirl. Rob, did you watch the Jessica Jones trailer yet? I have not seen it. It's yeah. uh, it, it's the Jessica Jones is played by Kristen Ritter, who of course was uh, famously played Jane on Breaking Bad as well as other roles. So okay, uh, I think she's got some uh, some real potential there uh, to play somebody who's kind of troubled and haunted by what's going on with that character. So it looks a lot a lot better, I think, for me than Supergirl. So that's a show that's literally just called Jessica Jones. You wouldn't know that it's related to Marvel unless it had the Marvel tag on it, which it does on, on the title card. It says Marvel's Jessica Jones. But Kevin, for people who, who don't know that character, could you, could you set up who Jessica Jones is and what people should expect from that when it hits Netflix next month? Sure. Um, Jessica Jones is basically uh, a character that was retroactively made like, oh, she was a superhero, but then is retired. Um, she never actually appeared in old comics, but they kind of did that retro thing where it's like, oh, yeah, she used to be and now she's not. And she opens up her own detective agency, basically. And so it follows her and her everyday life as a detective and investigative. Uh, she does a lot of reporting stuff, too. But what makes it interesting, I guess, and different is because it's a ground level superhero show. It's someone who used to be out there with like the Captain Americas and the Thors and stuff, but now is like trying to do normal everyday work. And that's the focus. She doesn't put on her costume and run around and fly around. She's just trying to be a normal person, but she also happens to have superpowers. Um, yeah. And I think that that makes it a very unique uh, take on, on, on a superhero show. Yeah. It's going to be dark. Uh, and Antonio touched on that too. You know, if you're saying that Supergirl might be aimed at like a teenage girl crowd, really don't think that that's what they're looking for with Jessica Jones. Or if they are, they're older teens, younger, younger people. Um, yeah. the, you know, without spoiling things that are going to be in it. And I haven't read the comics, but I, but I know a bit about what goes on in Alias, which is the comic that she's from, not the show about a spy, as Buster Booth would tell you. Uh, Al Alias was, was a comic by Brian Bendis and it features the Jessica Jones character and really heavy stuff happens and the Netflix Marvel shows they again everything Marvel it takes place in the same universe unless you're Fox uh, but, but the Netflix Marvel shows are definitely darker and grittier than the movies and even the Agent Carters and Agents of Shields of the world um, and what they're going to I'm very curious as to what they're going to try and pull off with this show because it might it might be over the line. Uh, it might it might be a little too grim. I think that this is going to be the big hurdle that it has to face, and and really being the closest thing to a hard R that we're going to get out of Marvel. And I'm even incorporating Daredevil into the mix there. 
I know what you're talking about, Josh, and this is one case where I hope they don't do it. I hope they decide to change it and not have that happen. We don't um, need to talk around a thing for, for too long. There's a thing. It's not great. We can, we can move past yeah. it. There's, there's well, now I have to watch, watch it. Now, now you sold you me. You definitely watch it. My a, little game, a little Game of Thronesy. A little Game of Thronesy. So there's going to be a little oh, bit of Game of Thronesiness to it that's oh. going to be... And it depends. I mean, it's in, it's in the comics. Whether or not it's going to make it on the show is another question. Uh, but it, it sounds like it might. So that's going to be going to be interesting, interesting to see how a Marvel show handles something like that. Rob, did you never get into Daredevil? That wasn't a thing for you? No, it was just uh, at that point in the spring. I think I had like uh, one episode on and it was just like uh, too much going on at that point in time between uh, everything that was going on in the uh, the springtime for me. Yeah. That's well, a what good are your thoughts on beheadings via car door? Because I feel like that can uh, <laughs> really... <laughs> yes. Generally, about, like, driving a piece of glass through someone's eye, maybe, wow. like, <laughs> or, or someone doing it to themselves. That's a lot to handle. Uh, you know, I'm curious to know. At least in the movies, it, I feel like that there has been some sort of like oversaturation in the marketplace, where it's not necessarily like a comic book movie automatically shatters the records in the way that it was. And I think that there's even been some of the recent movies that were probably expected to do better in terms of comic books at the movies. Do you think that we are then seeing just like where we have, where CBS like has this, uh, this model where they're taking people who are, you know, former bankable movie stars and putting them into procedural dramas. And then basically the rest of TV is saying like, okay, well, let's take this genre. That's this very bankable genre of movie of, of superhero movies. Let's do it on TV. And now every network has their own franchise of comic books on TV. Do you think that we'll see a point where now the market is oversaturated and then eventually we're going to move away from all this stuff? Well, you're hitting the, uh, the Steven Spielberg comment in a way that people blew up about, but I kind of agree with him to a certain ex- uh, extent where I think, yeah, it's going to be cyclical. Like you, you see the success of something and everyone latches onto it and, uh, and follows suit, but then it gets oversaturated. My, the example that I will never, ever, ever forget was when Twilight became huge. And I walked into the bookstore like two days apart and almost overnight, all of a sudden there was an entire like giant section that was teen paranormal romance never existed as a genre. And all of a sudden there's a billion of books. So I feel like we're seeing the same thing, but then that genre starts to kind of fall out. We're seeing more of a hunger game style teen dystopian future than the paranormal romance. So I think it's cyclical. And I think, uh, we're going to hit a, we're going to hit critical mass. I feel real soon, which is worrying because I love it. I love it. But it can't sustain itself. Teen dystopian romance? Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Superhero shows. Okay. Um, I think we're hitting critical mass. Teen Kevin's dystopian out on, too. Kevin's out on supernatural romance as well. Nah, yeah. Uh, that's too much for me. Too much. No, it's not for regular romance. That's a, even a big ask. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a romance. Not my thing. I think I think the CW is, is where you're going to see that first, Rob, what you're talking about, because they already have The Flash. They have Arrow. They have a show that's going to be premiering in, um, in January. January called Legends of Tomorrow, which takes place in that universe and takes a bunch of characters that have been already introduced in Flash and Arrow, plus some new characters that they're going to be introducing as well, and they're going to be telling a story there. And then there's plenty of other characters who pop up on Arrow and Flash who are like, I want to see a show about that guy. I want to see that, that person have their own TV show. And you just can't do that for everybody. Um, but it's not going to stop people from trying necessarily. So I think that a, a network like CW is going to have to make a choice of, can we spin off Brandon Routh? Is that worth doing? Should we try and do the Brandon Routh show or is that asking for too much? And I think that 
Legends of Tomorrow is going to be the interesting example to see if they fit off more than they can chew. I think it's definitely possible. I think that it's, you know, we're already living in, uh, in peak TV, as, as it's been referred to by many people. Uh, we're, we're, we're in that golden age. It's already hard enough to watch everything. So just trying to keep track of all the superhero shows, that itself is an endeavor, and I think eventually that's bound to pop. I feel like, though, uh, Legends is a, is a fix. They actually, um, gosh, I don't remember who said it, but someone from Warner Brothers or uh, someone related ha- during, during the interview said that, that actually that Legends is it, that, that CW is not going to have any more superhero shows. They don't have any plans to spin off anymore because it's too much at the moment. But Legends is an interesting fix because they've also said the creators of Legends is that they kind of are approaching it at, like an anthology. Like the cast we have this season won't necessarily be the cast in season two if it gets to season two. So that can kind of give a rotating superhero show to give people that we really love a chance Still to have a, lot. a moment. Still a lot. Yeah, you're right. It is a lot. It is a lot, a lot. though. It's a lot. And that's not like even counting for like the Walking Dead type of shows, like comic book shows on TV. We're talking about superheroes right now, but just comic book shows in general on TV. There's so many. And Preacher's coming. There's so much. It's, and Why the Last Man's supposed to be coming. There's, yeah, there is, there is a lot. There is a lot. You're right. It seems like quality wins, though, because, you know, you guys were talking about the reviews or the critical kind of picture of uh, Arrow. I think Arrow's ratings are lower than Flash's right now, and Flash is doing pretty well in the demo. I know when I looked at least a couple weeks ago, um, it had it was beating the NBC show and the Fox show at the same time in, in the demo. Uh, and so the CW, if they're looking at something they can churn out that's third place uh, in the network shows, uh, especially in the demo, I think they're probably pretty happy with that. Uh, and they're probably going to continue to replicate that until it really does burn out. Uh, so I don't know. We we'll see what this with this new show coming in January. If there were superhero TV power rankings, who's at the top of the power rankings? Oh boy, that's tough. I mean, I think Flash. I think yeah, I think I think you're gonna you're gonna hear two camps. I think that you're gonna hear the people who are you're gonna hear a lot of the Marvel fans are gonna say the Netflix stuff. I think, um, and then a lot of DC fans will say Flash and Arrow. I'm a Marvel guy to begin with, but I would have to give the edge to Flash and Arrow. I think that those shows, they they get to do stuff that's really creative. Flash especially, just it's such weird nonsense in its first season that any show doing the types of things that they were doing their first season really deserves a tip of the cap, which I'm wearing, so I will tip my hat. Um, I, I love that show so much. I think that the Netflix Marvel shows are really good too. I think that those are really well done. Daredevil was a really good ride until he got his costume. Uh, so I, I would I would say the power rankings would probably be Arrow, Flash, and then the Netflix, Marvel, and Agent Carter somewhere in the mix there. And well. Gotham's Agent not even in the mix. I don't know. I, I don't know. It sounds like Antonio may have watched the most Gotham out of any of us. That which would be is, my, which is crazy. Yeah. I, I don't like. Oh God. Here's my take on Gotham um, as a comic book person and like a superhero TV fan. I just I want them to say, and if they said this, I would say Gotham's great. Is okay. This is actually just a prequel to the Adam West 1966 Batman. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this makes a lot of sense. Like everything makes sense now. Like the weird, absurd stuff, the strange costumes, like everything they do would just make so much sense if that was what they were working towards. That this is actually the 66 Batman, and I would honestly love it. Like if they kind of went full in. That sounds crazy. Great. Yeah, Gotham's great. If that was the case, if they just lean in, lean in, guys, lean in to absurdity. All right. So if we're looking for Joker candidates, anyone with a mustache is suspicious at this point. <laughs> yes, God, please let that happen. Yeah. Casting okay. breakdown for a young Caesar Romero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If Gotham is just one big arrow back to uh, the 1960s <laughs> Batman, I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, I, I, I'd like it a lot if that was the case. Antonio, uh, how much Gotham have you watched? 
Oh, he was well into Arkham, uh, yeah. and things were going uh, pretty south there. So I don't know. I after it came back from the break, probably I uh, maybe two thirds of the first season, maybe almost all of it. Wow. Yeah, yeah not good. I, I mean, and the thing is, if I had to do my power rankings, I would put Daredevil at the top. I think I'm looking at uh, quality over quantity, and this is not a diss on Flash and Arrow, which are high quality shows. It's just I think it's a lot easier to make a 13 episode season of television, and I think that. One of the things that that uh, Daredevil does with uh, with Kingpin, with the villain, um, some of the backstory stuff and work that they really put in there, uh, almost in, in certain instances, as much his show as it was Daredevil's. I think that I hadn't seen that on the superhero show. I haven't seen anything like that on Flash and Arrow yet. And I was really, really impressed with that. I was also just really impressed with the choreography, the level of uh, skill that went into making that show. Uh, I think there was some really just bang up stuff that was going on there. So that impressed me overall more. Uh, and I, you know, as far as superheroes go, the only one I really, really like and have read the kind of canon stuff for is Batman. So it just seems like Daredevil um, on, on the surface is like, oh, he's like a street level vigilante. He does his business in the night. He fights uh, hand Whoa. to hand a lot. You know, it's kind of like he's a little bit like Batman. And that said, I still really, really did like that show. And then I would I would say. Uh, I'm, you know, in, in the first seasons, both I'm liking uh, Arrow more than I like The Flash, but I'm really looking forward to The Flash really being fully fleshed out and, and, and enjoying that. I, I can't wait to meet this gorilla. I'm really fired up. Gorilla Grad. It's great. It's great. Antonio brought up the episode order on these shows. Do we know what the episode order is for Supergirl? Are they going to do 13 episodes? Or are they going to try to do uh, 23 or so? Yeah, I'm I trying to remember if it got full season already. I feel like it's going to depend a lot on the premiere. If the premiere uh, hits really good numbers, they'll full full season it um, probably immediately. Wow. Uh, which look, I'm, I I mean, I asked you guys your opinion on it, and I have to say, like, I was a little bit nervous about half that trailer. Um, but then when she actually started being super girly i loved it like that's one of the things i'm looking for and i'm a super is my favorite character and i'm dying for something great in the superman mythology again and uh you know man of steel is like had its problems but i'm hoping this show is it i'm hoping this show is a, is a super family show that that is going to be awesome and, and have that hope and it looks like that's what that's focusing on, on her bringing hope to her own life and hope to the world and i feel like it has the potential to actually do it actually be a great super Man, Supergirl show, you know. Yeah, um, they, got, so. they got the thumbs up from from Dan Feinberg at the Hollywood Reporter. He loved it. He loves Supergirl. So the reviews have, have been decently kind to Supergirl. It screened at Comic Con. Did it go over well at Comic Con when it screened this summer? The pilot. It is hard to keep track of what happened at Comic Con half the time. <laughs> There's so much. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know some people who who saw it at Comic Con, or some people who through their their own Arrow season four magical powers have seen it on the internet. I, I've heard of those people as well. And I think that it's, it's mostly consensus thumbs up on Supergirl for the people that do like these superhero shows. So I'm excited. I'm, I'm looking forward to giving it. I'm a little bit worried about Jimmy Olsen because he's way too cool to be Jimmy Olsen. Like, you know, when they, when they had the, the trailer, it's just like, Oh, I'm James Olsen. I'm like, who, what? No, where's your bow tie, man? Like, like that's sexy Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. So that was a little bit, yeah, concerning, but yeah, we'll see. I wonder how this show is. The, I wonder how Supergirl is not on the CW. Like, if they're really universe building there, I wonder how that ended up. They had the chance. And, yeah, they passed. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. CW is like, we can't just be the superhero network. And I yeah. think that they're like, oh, we should have just been the superhero network. They said that actually, the same interview talking about the spinoffs. They're like, we should, uh, I regret passing on Supergirl. And I'm like, yeah, probably. <laughs> it would have been cool. Okay, Supergirl comes on this Monday night. 
and uh, looking forward to uh, checking that out. Is it? I saw it's on at eight thirty. Is that a ninety minute premiere or it's a half hour show? Oh man, uh, I don't think. It's I think it might be a ninety show. minute. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think it's half hour. I think it's a ninety minute premiere. Maybe it's supposed to actually go against Gotham, which is weird. Like I think. Supergirl and Gotham are going head to head. Batman v Superman all over again. Yeah, it is another type of Batman v Superman. Um, I don't know how smart that idea is, but we'll see. I guess. Okay, uh, we will see what is coming down the pike with Supergirl this this upcoming week. I think that's gonna. I think that's gonna be a wrap for us here on the on the superhero showdown here on Moshe's Recapped. Do we know what we're talking about next week? Uh, I think that we'll, we'll keep it a little vague for now, but it's going to be when we come back next week. It'll be October 30. Uh, it'll be Halloween's Eve. So looking forward to that. That'll be fun. We'll, I think we'll something some in the spirit stuff, of the right? holiday. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We have some stuff we can talk about. Antonio, sure. I saw you tweeting about uh, the greatness of Jamie Lee Curtis all week. Yeah, well, I was trying to sell some people. Dan Harmon, uh, the creator of Community, went on a real bender uh, and has really been out of control. But he said that rappers should rap about women in their their uh, their fifties with spiky uh, salt and pepper hair, and I was like, "This is your icon right here." Kanye's got to Kanye's got to make her the next queen. We'll be good to go. And I kept tweeting him pictures of Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, I thought you were trying to get people more pumped up for Scream Queen since you've gone back and watched it so many times. I I wish I don't know. I did, did you guys watch this week's? No, no, I read I'm about it. Yeah. All right. Well, you should check it out. How yeah. many times have you watched it through now, Antonio? Just the once. It's a bottle episode. <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with bottle episodes. Nothing wrong with bottle episodes. They yeah, can be done well. Yeah, yeah, nothing wrong. Uh, it just it's it, it's fine. It's Chad Chad Redwell still still bringing it. Uh, he's he's so guy. good. He's so good. I love that show. Gosh. Still still <laughs> okay. What's the hashtag for this episode? It's probably got to be Arrowback, right? Uh, yeah, Arrowback. Arrowback. Good. <laughs> <laughs> You guys should all go on an arrow back and watch all of Arrow and Flash. Yeah, arrow back Thursdays. People should start doing that. Just and forget throwback Thursdays. Arrow back Thursdays from now on. Uh, <laughs> picture, pictures, pictures of your younger selves, and you just yeah. Photoshop bows and arrows into them. The, the time that you grew up on an island. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> family Robinson. Yeah, I like post, it. All right, well, good stuff. All right, you could follow uh, Kevin on Twitter. He's at Kev uh, Mahadeo. Mahadeo. Mahadeo, the the, the the print is so it's so tiny. Yeah, in the lab. it's so hard. It's so hard to read. Yes. All right. Uh, of course, uh, I'm at Rob Sister. Josh is at Round Howard, and Antonio is at AC Mizarro. We're looking forward to reading your comments on postshowrecaps.com, and of course, you can subscribe to our postshowrecaps feed at postshowrecaps.com/slash/itunes. Any anything else? You, I, what I mean, you guys covered uh, so many other shows this week. Yeah, there's yeah, there's, there's so many. Um, yeah, I, I I'm trying to think. Did we touch on all of them? I feel like we we, we did. We did. Yeah, we, we definitely we hit, on as, yeah. hit on as many as we can. Yeah, and yeah. Plenty else so going much. on. Plenty else going on on post show recaps. Got Walking Dead coming back Sunday night. Looking forward to that, Rob. That'll be fun. We did our Walking Dead feedback show uh, earlier in the week, and then uh, check out all of our other coverage on Fargo and the Leftovers and, uh, and much more. Post show recaps dot com. Have a good one, everybody. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye. 